0: Now, let's talk about today. Much more. I read these verses over and over and over at the beginning of the week, and those two words just jumped out to me. Much more. And I started thinking about uh, in life, and some of us are there now, or we have been, if, if we were honest, we really thought life was going to offer much more than it has. Than it did. Maybe we thought we were going to accomplish more by the age that we are. Maybe we thought 2020 was going to be totally different than it was. Maybe we thought that marriage to our sweetie pie honey bunch, Sugar Muffin, was going to be an amazing fairy tale ride. And instead, it was more like a stale, moldy loaf of bread. <laughs> we thought marriage was going to be much more than it is. Maybe we thought that it was going to be uh, life with kids was going to be perfect. You know, we're having our first baby. Now we've got two. Now we got three. Now we got four. And we thought it's just going to be perfect. You know, idealistic. They go to sleep at night. They never vomit. They you know, they change their own diapers, You know, all these things, and then it just gets messy, right? And a bit of it is just does not live up to our expectations, and it's not idealistic, and it ends with sleepy nights and chaos of teenagers who've turned into aliens, and we find ourselves disappointed because we thought it was going to be much more, much more fulfilling Maybe we thought the new job was going to change everything, now I've got purpose and a better boss, and uh, then you meet your coworkers and you realize this is not much more. Paul is telling us here in this, uh, this passage that there's really two teams in life that we're all on, and yesterday, for the first time in a while, everybody wanted to be on the UK Wildcats team, uh, with Daniel Allen, is that his name, that hit seven threes or something, Dante Allen. There we go. Seven threes. And so, so Paul's laying out in life here that, that, uh, that we're on one team or the other, and they each have a figurehead. One is of Adam, right? The Adam nature is going to talk about Adam, this comparison and contrast, and, and one is Jesus. And it reminded me of this, uh, this meme I saw this week. This is, uh, wait, let me read these verses. Therefore, just as sin entered the world... Through one man and death through sin. And in this way death came to all people because all sinned. He's talking about Adam. That's chapter 5 verse 12. And in verse 15 he says, But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more, there's those two words, did God's grace and the gift that come by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many. So we got two teams, and we're going to talk about those in a minute. Um, But it reminded me of this meme I saw this week, and this this is super philosophical, so you're going to have to hold on and just dig deep in your intellectual thinking this morning, okay? They said this. They said that every single thing that exists in this infinite universe is either a duck or not a duck. I mean, that's deep, isn't it? Y'all holding on? You digging deep here? Everything in this infinite universe is either a duck or not a duck. And you know, you get a little laugh out of that, you see it, you go, man, that is true, that is so true. <laughs> it's just somebody thought, you know, they spent hours in silence and deep thought and meditation to come up with this. Not really, I'm joking. But it made me think about this verse... This passage that Paul was writing, he said, We are either on Adam's team, every single human being, every person you meet, you, every single person here, everybody watching online, you are either on Adam's team or you are on the team of Jesus. One or the other. You're either a duck or you're not. You're either a Christian or you're not. There's no third option. This is a two-party system. Okay, political reference did not go well. We'll leave politics out of this. This is, you are either on Adam's team or on Jesus' team. And so we're going to look. He lays out, what's this look like? What did Adam bring to mankind, the physical family, the team that was that? And he says, here's what that looks like, and here's what Adam did for us. We're going to spend a little bit of time there, and then we're going to look at, say, compare and contrast. Y'all remember fifth grade, compare and contrast? You know, you do how things are like and how they're different. That's the first time, I, maybe sixth grade. We're going to do that a little bit, and we're going to say, well, here's Jesus' team and what it looks like, what we have when we get there. And what he says is one of these has much more to offer than the other. It makes it simple. You may have heard people over the years compare, you know, they may, they may identify someone who is not saved as a sinner. And so I, I want to just, that terminology, let's all say, everybody in this room is a sinner. We are all sinners. The difference is do you believe or do you not? Believers and non-believers. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Or have you not? And uh, it makes all the difference in eternity. So let's look at it. Let's look at these two teams. We're going to weigh them out. This is going to be a little bit of fun, I hope. Team Adam, Team Jesus. Um, let's read uh, this verse from Romans five 19. I'm not going to read all these in order. I encourage you to. I'm just going to pull out. This gets really deep. I mean, you, I could bore you off. if you don't want to get bored. I'm going to try not to do that. You're like, well, you do that every Sunday, so, you know. Keep your consistency. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. So we find in this, this text that Adam, uh, and you all know the story of Adam and Eve, right? Adam is the first uh, creation, the first human creation of God, and he was given, he was put in the Garden of Eden to live in perfection forever, but he was told not to eat of the the the, the tree uh, 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 in the center of the garden um, and the knowledge of good and evil, and, and he's told not to eat there, and we know the story that you know Eve messed everything up. I'm just kidding. Um, But Adam ends up doing something first. He is the first human being to rebel against God. He sinned against God. He chose to eat of the forbidden fruit as opposed to obeying God. We find Adam brought into this world sinfulness. And the verse says, uh, it says, through the disobedience of one man that many were made sinners. Okay, there has been lots of debate for 2,000 years, and there's lots of theories that say, you know, oh, since Adam sinned, before we are even born, we are sinners. You know, this kind of theory of original sin that that Adam was the, the one who sinned, and we all default into that category. Um, and you know it doesn't it doesn't matter what we do. Adam messed it all up. Somehow, we inherited Adam's nature. I don't think anybody really knows for sure, but this is a pretty clear verse that says because Adam messed up, he was like he was like driving this train, and we were all on it. Okay, we were we were on some some boxcar behind him, riding along, and he took the turn that drove us off the cliff, and we all went with him. But in verse 12, it also gives us some personal responsibility and accountability here. In chapter 5, verse 12, uh, it says at the end of that verse, because all sinned. So, for so somehow, God, maybe we'll ask him someday, God, how did you get the sinful nature of Adam to all of us? But at the end of the day, he says, we have all sinned. Because we could say, man, if it wasn't Adam, if I would have been there, if it would have been Jared and Eve, I would have have stayed away from that tree. The truth is, we probably wouldn't have. But Adam took us off the cliff. And because of that, he was the first man, human being, to sin against God. We find in this verse that in contrast to that, and as, they, as, he, as Paul says, these two figureheads, kind of Adam is the beginning, and he says he's a pattern of sort of Jesus, that, that these are two figureheads that are pivotal times in the history of the world. The two most pivotal people in the history of hum- humanity and humankind is Adam and Jesus. Adam messed it all up. He had a chance. He had a chance, but he messed it up, and he sinned. And so from that point, God began to work this plan to bring salvation and hope to mankind who have messed it all up. And in that, he came in the form of a child. We just celebrated Christmas. And Jesus became this second focal point, this second chance to to make things right. And he brought for the first time in the history of humanity, after thousands of years... He brought righteousness. He lived in perfection. He was the first person to ever live perfect. So we see if we're on Team Adam and, 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 or on Team Jesus, while they are the ones that lead this way, the kind of the figureheads, they are the representatives of these two groups. But if we're on one side or the other, we take on those characteristics and traits of the one that we're following. So if you're on Team Adam, your life will be uh, it, it, it will it will be um, described, and it will feel like, and it will be one as a slave to sinfulness. And you say, "Well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Well, the the, the you know I, I I don't cuss. I give to the church. You know, but I've never given my heart to Christ. I, I you know I've been married once. I've got." kids you know i'm faithful you know i do all these things that are good well the the only sin that sends you to hell is the sin of disbelief and i say well do you believe that jesus christ is your lord and savior that is the ultimate rejection and rebellion against god when you say no i'm not i'm not going that far You're characterized by sinfulness, brokenness. And yet Christ brings us righteousness. So out of that, we find uh, this next verse in Romans 5.18. It says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. Uh, For by the trespass of the one man, death, reign through that one man, that's Adam. How much more, that word again, those two words again, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in, what's the opposite of death, life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So we have on Team Adam, Adam being the first man to live and the first man to die was not the intention but because of his sinfulness God said now you're going to work the land work used to be fun you used to enjoy it now it's going to be miserable and eventually you're going to return to the ground preached four funerals in two and a half weeks more than I preached in the first five years of pastoring every time is a reminder that this life is just like a vapor that appears and is gone is a blip on the radar of eternity the reminder that we are not going to be here forever that our accomplishments in this life are not the most important but then in those moments when you don't know, when you don't know what tomorrow holds or whether you'll make it through the night, you begin to think about the most important things. And I think of myself, who's you know, almost 40, and I'm still thinking like 20, 30 years, what am I going to do the next 20, 30 years? And I meet people in their 80s who have a different outlook and perspective on the next 20 or 30 years. And eventually we get there, and sometimes in the 30s, sometimes in the 20s, I mean, this world is broken, and it's death that is here. And, and Team Adam, if you're on Team Adam, it's all you have to look forward to is death. These bodies are going to die, and not only physically, but spiritually we're dead as we walk on this earth because we've broken our relationship for God, and then when we die, we have eternal separation from God in a place called hell that is eternal death. That is team Adam. Team Jesus. What? Y'all want to transfer yet? Anybody want to move from team Adam to team Jesus? It's like Trade me out. Trade me out of here. Jesus is the first one to ever go to the grave and conquer it. To say, you know what, death cannot hold me down because I created this world. And I'm going to go conquer it. And in him was this righteous life. And then because he was willing, remember our Christmas morning sermon, he gave away his life to all that would take it. And he conquered death. Because of him, those who are on team Jesus have nothing but life. You see, it says when we get saved, we die to the old man. We've already died. He took the death that we deserve on the cross and traded it out for life for us. We gave him our death that we deserve. He gave us his life that he deserved. And in Him, we have life here. We have connection. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And all of a sudden, you see Christians who are, who are losing loved ones who are going through divorces and, and going through you know, sickness and, and all these things. They're like, to God be the glory. And we're like, what? That doesn't make sense. But we have life and hope and peace and joy that is unspeakable. And we know through all the trials, i read a thing the other day it said, even when there's clouds in the sky, you know the sun is behind them shining. And Christians can know that and believe it. we have life here. What does it say? The Bible says we can have life more abundantly here. Much more. There's much more. If you're on Team Adam, there's much more to life than you're getting to experience right now. Not only that, but we have life eternally. We have a chance to go and be with Christ And be in heaven with with our brothers and our sisters and our family and other believers. and, And it's going to be perfect. We're getting rid of this. You know, all the former things will pass away. I mean, if we really sat and believed in heaven like we do, we'd feel totally different about 2020 and this day and the next day and the things that we're worried about. But we have life eternally when we're on Team Jesus. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Because of Adam's sin, he fell under judgment and condemnation. What does that mean? He says, you messed up and you're paying for it. You sinned. And you're going to get what you deserve. I preached a sermon once that said, life is not fair. And it was really looking at at Jesus uh, in the book of Acts when uh, when, when Peter is talking to the, the Sanhedrin, he says, you see the very, the very, the chief cornerstone. Or I, I'm, he, he's telling the Sanhedrin, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the time, the very one that you've been studying about, the Messiah you've been praying about, the chief cornerstone. And he, he put it in this construction analogy. He said, as you go through, and you know, I just built some shutters for our house, and you go th- went to Lowe's, and, 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 and went out back, and they were supposed to load up the boards for me, and they never showed up. Anybody surprised? <laughs> so I got out, and I, well, I was kind of like, well, is anybody ever going to come? And they never came, so I finally just got out. And I said, maybe this is good because I can pick my own boards. They didn't just take the ones off the top. And you see, and Peter said, You see, that's what you did. You were going through these rocks. You were going to build a foundation and a kingdom with, and the chief cornerstone, the best one of all, you tossed it to the side. And if anybody knows about life not being fair, it's Jesus. And then I said, Wait, do we really want fair? (laughs) Do we really want a fair life? Do we want to get what we deserve? Do we want to be in condemnation and judgment? For the wrong that we've done. We actually don't want life to be fair. Because we need mercy and grace. And you see, what Adam brought into the world was condemnation and judgment. It's what we lived in. It says in the first three chapters of Romans, we found out that God is pouring his wrath out currently right now on sinful people (laughs) because we are broken and everybody's on Team Adam. I mean, life is a mess. Every day is a mercy and grace and chance for you to profess your belief in Jesus Christ. But then we find this amazing word that we've talked about for several weeks. In Jesus, Because the Bible says in, in the next few chapters of Romans, it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who are on team Jesus. All of a sudden we go from condemnation and judgment and, and, and all of a sudden we appear righteous to God. We are made perfect. We have access to eternal life. We take this gift that Christ has given us. And we're declared, uh, justification means we should be guilty, and yet we're declared innocent. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Let me read this last verse of chapter 5. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Adam turned from the Father in the garden, and Jesus turned to the Father. In the garden, Adam's sin brought us thorns. Jesus wore a crown of thorns. Adam substituted himself for God. That's what we do in Rhymes Team. We make ourselves God. But Jesus was God substituting himself for sinners. Adam sinned at a tree. Jesus bore our sin on a tree. Adam died as a sinner Jesus died for sinners. You see this much more? The disappointment you found in life? Because it's not found in marriage. It's not found in kids and family. It's not found in work. It's not found in retirement. Retirement can be an amazing thing, but I've seen broken situations in retirement. People that have worked 30 years had a good friend. She retired and her husband passed away in six months. This side of life brings nothing but disappointment. They're good things. Marriage is good. Kids are good. Sometimes. <laughs> As my grandmother, my mamaw used to say, he is so good when he's sleeping. You know, that's the famous good at Eastern Kentucky saying. But real genuine joy and hope cannot be found in them. We got to see what they are. They're just gifts from God. You see what Adam uh, messed up? Because he thought that in that tree that he was forbidden to eat from, there would be much more. <laughs> he thought there he was going to know good from evil and that he could be his own God. And he thought in that was going to be much more. And this is what the world does to us. It distracts us and attracts us and entices us. Not the world. The devil entices us with things that have this promise, have this look of perfection and promising so much more. And yet they disappoint. But we find in this chapter of Romans, Paul tells us about a hope that will never disappoint. That's only found when we realize and when we place our faith in Jesus Christ. You see, it's this. He tips the scales. And there's, there's so much more. I mean, he just listing this out. And you see, I said earlier, trade me out of Team Adam. Well, Jesus opened up the salary cap. He said, I'll take anybody, all, whoever so believeth in me. Whoever puts their faith in Jesus Christ shall have life everlasting, shall have it abundantly. He will have so much. See, this, kids. He's living up to my illustration. (laughs) Thought it was going to be fun today. Take your kid to church, they said. It'll be fun, they said. So how do you transfer? Maybe you listen and you say, God, I'm on Team Adam. You know how you you get to Team Adam? It's pretty easy. You're born. You inherit it. But when you start doing, you start doing wrong. (laughs) You have moments of rebellion against family, against your parents. You rebel against God. And we know that the wages of rebellion and sin is death. But it's so simple. To get traded. To team Jesus. To have access to righteousness. To move away from from the condemnation and the guilt to move away from feeling like every day is a struggle filled with worry and to move away from the fear of dying to be like Paul and be able to say you know live is to live is Christ but to die would be gain and here's the thing When you put your faith in Christ, when you say, I want to be on that team, I want to be on team Jesus, I want him to be my leader, I want to be looking to him, I want his traits to be my traits. See, we, we, and, and so I think when Paul was writing, he's was saying, it's, here's Adam, but much more is this. I think when, when we go to team Jesus, we don't just get moved up to where we were, to, to where we broke us from when Adam sinned. I think it's better. I think because of His righteousness, because of His grace and His mercy that He pours in us and the access we have to Him through the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside of us, that He has much more to offer us. That we get taken further. We get blessed with more. We're not just back to even. We are back. We are to be a child of God to be part of his family, to be loved without condemnation, to be loved with mercy and grace. And you see, in that moment, things begin to become new. Put off the old, and you become a new, a new person. And that takes us to chapter 6 of how life begins to change. Not immediately. How families begin to change. How the body of Christ begins to work together and love and change the world through love and service. We find next the life of the Christian. I'm going to close this morning. We're going to sing. We're gonna sing that same song again. I was gonna play a video, but if somebody needed to hear that song early. You need to hear it again. Let me ask you this just one question as I close. You're either you're either a duck or you're not a duck. Whose team are you on? I invite you this morning. Where do I? go to trade where can i get to jesus it's this altar it's your couch it's on your knees it's repentant it's for it's it's saying god i'm sorry i believe in you i believe in jesus christ the song we sang earlier i believe and in that moment everything changes we're going to sing this song again needs to hear it let me take that back you don't need to hear it you heard it earlier somebody needs to live it somebody somebody needs to put their heart into it and say in my mind I've pretended to leave it all behind but I'm still carrying it This morning, I invite you online here to leave the condemnation, to leave the death, the worry. Come into life, abundant life. Come into righteousness. Come into hope and joy. Come drink from a living water where you'll never thirst again.